Hey everyone, welcome back to the Husky Fan Podcast. This is our little basketball recap, and we'll do a spring preview. We'll talk about the defense first in this episode. Next episode, we'll talk about the offense. Jimmy Cornell, my main man, my bro. How's it hanging? Fantastic, buddy. Well, if this is a basketball recap, you're going to be doing a lot of the talking. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I figured as much. That's why I said a little basketball <laughs> recap. I mean, I can give you a few opinions if you like, unless you want to just dive into the collusion story <laughs> instead. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I had a feeling you were going to bring that up. <laughs> oh, I, you know me. I'm just kidding, buddy. Just fun and games. Just a little fun and games. We, we know what we really want to talk about. Right, and that's the uh, death of Seattle, that story, right? <laughs> Yeah, let's get into the Seattle is dying story. Yeah. We, the, the, we can solve the, the world problems tonight instead. I, yeah, I just want to discuss this for a minute or two and, and tell a, a brief anecdote and then a second anecdote uh, in regards to public filth that's building up. Yeah. Uh, when uh, Mrs. Chess and I were in Paris last fall, uh, one of my favorite parts of the trip is we were waiting for a tour bus in a pretty busy area. And we turned to the right, and there was a guy who was probably homeless. And he just he took a couple steps along the sidewalk, pulled down his pants, and just started whizzing with no shame. Well, you know, I guess that's what you get when you got loose rules. <laughs> no enforcement. But the other thing, as I was relaying uh, this story... Uh, to uh, to my parents last weekend in regards to the Seattle Phil story. My mom mentioned decades ago when she was traveling through Europe, she was with a friend uh, in the area of the Colosseum at Rome, and they were just leaving and uh, walking around, and they uh, they heard a guy who who get you know he whispered, Psst. and so they turned and looked to the right where the guy was, and he was ma- he was masturbating. Oh well, that's always a good, a good highlight to any vacation. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I hope for. Anytime I go on vacation, I hope for uh, I hope for a visual just like that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I just yeah, just in regards to the public filth, I just yeah, I thought both uh, you know both those stories were both those stories were funny. So this is not just a local problem, Jimmy. This is a international problem. Yeah, apparently. yeah, <laughs> fair enough. There's no question about that. Uh, <laughs> It, it, it's a problem nonetheless, but you know, it, it doesn't appear that it's much, it's much of a priority for the Seattle council, but you know, we can dive into that topic another time if you like, cause you know me, I'd, I, I'd be happy to discuss it. Huh. Well, I thought you were going to say, you know me, I gotta, you know, we gotta wrap this thing up. We gotta move it along. <laughs> well, we could do that for sure. We can, we can talk about uh, hero worship yeah, I, 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 yeah, I want to. I want to mention that. Let's. T- we'll talk about basketball and hero worship. We can kind of intertwine the two. Um, yeah, and, and I will plug the Elizabeth Holmes story. Is one that is incredibly fascinating. There is a podcast, the Dropout Podcast, uh, a series which is fantastic, along with the HBO documentary Inventor. Very good. 
very well done. It's going to be a major motion picture as well because this woman is so psychotic and so crazy that Hollywood is going to make millions off of her story. She's a total sociopath. And I read something recently, like her and and one of the other guys, like they were actually trying to like raise capital for a new idea. Oh, and, and what even is crazier is that her voice, she made that voice up. That, that is not her real voice. That is how crazy she is. And she still is pushing Theranos as, as a viable uh, business until she goes to jail. Which, which she won't because she's blonde. Yeah. Well, I mean, they haven't gone to court yet. But if she if she escapes with with uh, no jail time, then um, it, society is truly over. Well, just like uh, you know, the parents in the, these uh, these school scandals. Yeah. Trying to get their kids in. I mean, they're not going to get any jail time. Did you see the quote, though, from the one girl, like, the last place I want my girl ending up is Arizona State? No, that was from the uh, Mr. Mossimo, actually. Uh, Aunt Becky's husband. That was his yeah. quote. Yeah. Phenomenal. So good. Hey, well, you know, that guy's well-informed. He's probably worried about his, you know, kid partying all the time and getting STDs, or his daughter, yeah, I should say. I, would you, I mean, would you want your daughter, if you had a daughter, to, to go to STDU? I mean, if if she ended up at USC, like, you know, there's probably going to be double the cocaine. So, yeah. you know, I, I think you're screwed either way. No pun intended. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't hold USC like, as look, an institution in that high regard. Fair enough. I mean, look, yeah, you probably don't, but it's still a pretty funny story. Yeah. And, 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 and funny book. sorry, go ahead. No, I, you know, I guess... You know, just this, everyone needs to calm down a little bit. Like, Twitter is Twitter. Like, you got to have a little fun on Twitter. Like, I don't hate Jen Cohen. I She's a good AD. We've been over this so many times. Like, the decisions that she had to make so far are not difficult. Like, you just had to be a normal AD and not be totally, you know, stupid to, to make the decisions she's made so far. She's a good AD. But I'm not going to say she's the greatest thing that ever that's happened to the UW Athletics. That simply isn't true. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's too early. And look, people were worshipping. The reason why this hero worship is dangerous is people were worshipping Sark. And Tyrone, dude. Yeah, pe- pe- but people were worshipping Sark when he had not fully turned things around. And they were they were worshipping worshiping him to the extent that it was... Jerk offs like you and me doing this podcast, who are bringing up you know his his drinking problem and you know all those off the field problems. It, it, it was all swept under the rug, you know, because the local media wouldn't talk about it. I mean, Jimmy, I don't Softy. think, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think people realize, you know, just how lucky we were that Sark got hired away. I mean, yeah. if, if he if he was here for another year. I mean, and he he, he probably fifty fifty chance he has a complete meltdown at some point. Yeah, you know, and then we're a la- then then we become a laughing stock, you know, like we were during the new Heisel thing, and you know the <laughs> doctor feel good and all that stuff. And Tyrone Willingham was laughable at the end too. I mean, that got to the point of embarrassment. 
But there yeah, was a, yeah, there yeah. was hero worship. There was hero worship with Tyrone Willingham when he got hired. Like just because of what you know the Notre Dame status, and you know he had like one good year, and he had the one good Stanford year. I mean, there were a lot of people that were touting that hire as being just phenomenal. Welcome back to college football, Washington. Do you remember yeah. who said that? Oh, uh, who was it? Kirk Herbstreet. I was going to say Herbstreet, but I was like, oh, please hope. Uh, please be not Herbie, but yeah, okay. I thought so. Wow. Yeah, welcome back, Washington. Yeah, and actually, you know, the, the hero worship of Gilby. I mean, look, Gilby was a great yeah. assistant coach. Not to get too deep into it, but Gilby yeah. as a head coach was way more destructive to the program than uh, Tyrone was. No, oh, his recruiting was abysmal. I mean, Grayson, Grayson Gunheim might have been his best recruit. Well, shout out to Grayson Gunheim because he, uh, he, oh, really, he was a really good player. I, just, I enjoyed his game. I, I, I'm not sliding him. Yeah. I, no, I know. I know. I just I, I feel bad for all those guys that played then who, yeah, just pitiful. Who, who, who didn't get to play, like all the good players who didn't get to play under Peterson. Oh and, yeah, and, huh. the, and the guy, the guys who aren't good. I mean, it's it's not their fault that you know they're they're getting a huge amount of playing time when they should only be playing in blowouts. It, it's not you know it's not those guys' fault. You know, not this pod, but another one. We we should really take a deep dive and unpack my two favorite buzzwords right now: deep dive and unpack. The 90s of Husky football, just just the the highs and the lows experienced in that decade of Husky football to follow up the 2000 to 2010, like the 20 years of Husky football, man, from, you know, the high point of the early 90s and then the middling of the mid 90s and then having really good teams that underachieved. And then the transition to New Heitzel, and then the Dark Ages, and then, like, sort of, you know, somewhat respectable, like a decent coach could win seven games at Washington, and now the rebuild. Like, I think, you know, it'd be a worthwhile podcast to to dive into the to the '90s to the 2000s transition and, and what the Husky fan had to endure. All the emo- the emotional roller coaster of what it means to be a Husky fan. Yeah, and, and metric superiority guy, like he's looked at this, the collapse that our program had. Like there is nothing. Like Colorado's a little bit similar, I think. You know, because they won, won a national championship in 1990, although you know they had like a phantom fifth down, and they really weren't. Yeah, they really weren't the best team that year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they they. That that's the only similarity to what we've gone through. Maybe Tennessee, in a way, recently. I don't know, but I mean, at what least. About, what about races, Minnesota Gulf, Gophers? Well, yeah. I mean, if you're if we're going back to <laughs> if we're going back to another era, I mean, yeah. yeah. If you're going back, you know, decades and decades and more than half a century, then yeah, for sure. But it's just it, it's so. Uh, I mean, to have a team that was number one in SRS, if you looked at all the teams that were number one in SRS, like, you've never seen that big of a collapse ever, basically. 
Wow. Oregon actually had a pretty big, they actually, they had a huge collapse because they were number one in SRS in 2014. So they had a big two-year collapse, but it wasn't, you know, what what happened to us over, you know, beyond just a couple of years. I mean, there's no, there's no parallel to that. There's no comparison. And that just shows you how the management of the program and everything was so god-awful. <laughs> yeah. No. Any, anyway, we're yeah we're getting off track, but with the, the hero worship look, I mean, I to get into basketball, I mean, I love Mike Hopkins. I really love that guy. I think he's a great coach. His recruiting looks fantastic, especially if they could pull in Jaden McDaniels. Then they would have two of the top six players in the next class. I mean, that is just amazing. That's no, that's Duke. That's like Alabama football level recruiting. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, look, I, I have watched very little, you know, basketball this year. I don't know, are you eating chips? What the hell is that? I'm trying to have a protein bar, but I guess it's making too much noise. It's really loud. And anyone who's going to listen to earphones to this podcast is going to be really pissed. All right, that'll be the last bite I take, or the last, <laughs> the last chunk I eat, because there's a few more bites. But anyway, I'm sorry, I go ahead. Tell you- from from the little that I watched, and of course I watched the tournament. I mean, Thiebel is. I mean, he's a real joy to watch. I think anyone who enjoys college football or basketball would would obviously appreciate his game and his skill set. Very good player. Um, you know, you got, look, I'm not here to rip on the kids. I mean, you know, Chris has. I mean, he just struggled in that in that in his role. Uh, for the team, I mean, there's no way, no no other way to say it, um, and it, it hurt them. Uh, but you know, they didn't have the gun; they weren't going to hang in with North Carolina. I, I, they would have had to had their best game of their lives, and North Carolina would have had to have been subpar. Like they just didn't match up well with them. Like, I, I just didn't see in any. And any rationale that they had a chance to win the game against North Carolina, but that's where the program is right now. And like you said, like if Hopkins continues to build and, and they play good defense and they can make you know three foot shots, like they're they're going to be better. Yeah, what's interesting is the parallels between Husky football and Husky basketball. I mean, Crisp is kind of like the Jake Browning of the basketball team. And the basketball team was much better on defense than offense. And yeah. you look at next year, there's going to be a huge increase in talent for, exactly. more, for, for and, both teams. So they're, they're, there's good parallel. And, and they also they have that guy who transferred. I think his name is Quade Green from Kentucky who yeah. sat out. And I yeah. looked, and he was like his 247 ranking, I think, was like number 23 last year. So, I mean, you basically have three – I mean, assuming we can get Jaden McDaniels, because he hasn't decided yet. But, I mean, if, if we can get him, that would basically be three five-star guys. And Jalen Noel, it sounds like he's probably he's probably going to go pro. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, it's too bad, because we would really be loaded if we had him with all those young guys. But, you know, even without him, we should still be a very dynamic talented team and Hopkins knows how to coach yeah no he, he you know he's a passionate guy he you know 
like you said, I think you tweeted something to the effect that you know he's willing to you know wear his heart on his sleeve. He he shares his thoughts and he's you know he's vocal about his feelings, and uh, you know he's a passion about about his guys, which is all is important. But yeah, I mean he appears to be a good coach as well, and he's smart to have Conroy on the staff. Um, but again, I, I'm not ready to anoint him as being one of the best coaches in the country. I think it's early for that too. But if he continues to recruit and then they start winning games, and you know, obviously improve their where they go in the tournament, we can reassess. Let's give the guy a little time before we anoint him as being one of the best in the country. He appears like he's going to be a great coach, and we know that you know apparently he was going to be the successor at Syracuse. So they obviously held him in high regard there as well, which we know has probably a bit better history of basketball than Washington does. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they've been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I'm, I'm being a little sarcastic. Not even close, but yeah, just on the human emotional side for Hopkins, like this guy really knows how to connect with people. Like I'm super impressed by, he just, he knows how to connect with people. He pushes all the right buttons and to get Isaiah Stewart, this top five or top, he might be number six, I think in 247, to get a recruit like that from New York to go come all the way to Seattle. I mean, I know we have strong connections in New York, uh, Hopkins that is, but I mean, that is some fucking top-notch recruiting. I yeah, mean, no, that, you, you, win, you can win a national champion. If that's not a one-off for him, for Hopkins, I mean, you then he can recruit to a national championship level. Right. Potentially, I mean, basketball. There's not as many of those prospects out there, so it's a little, it's a little different. But um, I mean, if he gets Jaden McDaniel's, and then there's also ru- uh, rumor. I don't know how credible it is, but this guy from Vermont who is a really good player is a graduate senior. There, there's some rumor on the message boards that maybe he could transfer to Washington as a graduate senior, and he is from New York originally, so he probably has some connection to Hopkins but I mean if, if he gets all these guys to c- come in on the team next year I mean that 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 might be the number one recruiting class in the nation yeah I mean I think you obviously have to be aware too of building a class around guys that are going to stay too right I mean if you these guys come in and they play really well and they're one and done guys I mean that, that can change obviously uh, the makeup but you know, I'd, I'd rather have the talent than not, personally. <laughs> if you can make it mesh and put it together and you can make a run, then I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't want those guys. And if you can recruit nationally and, like, you have the connections on the East Coast and, and you have that pipeline, I mean, that's that, that, that can make a huge difference. And plus the Pac-12 conference, frankly, I mean, is not a very good conference right now for 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 basketball and I mean we can dive into Larry Scott later or save it for another time but you know they have a good chance of being very dominant right now in the conference as well just because of uh, of how you know I guess non-competitive it is but looks like it appears Oregon's you know they're hey they're in the sweet 16 so they're definitely becoming better so then you know maybe they start developing a rivalry in basketball that has some vitriol like like football, you know. I mean, I think that helps having someone that you really dislike or that 
you know, Gonzaga was a rival, but they smoked Washington all those years. They they hated. I mean, Zag fans hate Washington. They hated Romar worse. Um. So hopefully, you know, they get to the, the position where you know they can start beating Gonzaga. Yeah. Well, we came damn close this year. Yeah. I mean, and that game was. In Spokane, right? That was our best game of the season, honestly. I mean, they it was, we tied the game with two seconds to go, and they were able to make a shot at the buzzer. Yeah. So I mean, that that's that's what you want. They gotta they just gotta keep getting better. And look, I'm not down on Hopkins. I like the guy, and you know, just because I'm not ready to annoy him doesn't mean that I'm not excited to have him as the head coach. I just, frankly, I just didn't find early on, and I just didn't find them to be very exciting to watch outside of Thibel and a couple other guys. But, like, I think they played well in the tourney, and I think, you know, beating Utah State the way they did, I mean, Utah State was, you know, they're a good basketball team. And so, you know, I think it's from where they were a couple years ago to now, I mean, it's a pretty damn good turnaround, and, and the yeah. future looks good. I think... I think Cohen extending him was obviously a no-brainer. Yeah, and you, and you want you want a Pac-12 championship, you know? Yeah, twenty, thirty years from now. Yeah, that's the same as winning the conference when you know you're the number one team in the nation. Like, there's not you know people pe- people in ten, twenty, thirty years they're going to look at that and they're not going to say, oh yeah, well the conference was so bad that year. I mean, maybe fans like us will know that, but you know most people won't. Hey, yeah, I mean, you won the conference. You can't take that away from from the from the program, and you know that's that should be the goal every year is to win your conference. And then, obviously, I mean, to win the the tournament, you know, the Pac-12 tournament would be you know a nice way to finish as well. But wasn't the case. Yeah, but hey, I mean, Oregon, yeah, go up, yeah. So, oh, that, sorry, what'd you say? Oh, I was just yeah, they caught fire, right? I mean, they just didn't play they didn't have their best basketball at the tournament they didn't win it but they won the conference yeah i mean oregon when they got healthy and they got their shit to get together you know they were just a better team so yeah that's right i mean what are you gonna do you lost yeah so yeah i mean yeah last word on hero worship look the hopkins hire is great but that's really the only thing that she's done that's been um that you can say, wow, you know, that was like above and beyond what we probably expected. Yep. I mean, if you brought in, if Scott Woodward was still here, you know, he, everything would be the same except probably the basketball coach. I don't know. Maybe there's a couple other, you know, and maybe there's a few other improvements and things on the inside that we don't know about, but that's basically the point. The basketball hire was great, but, you know, let's not give her too much credit for all these other things that another AD probably would have done. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> that's a more than fair statement. And look, we're Husky fans, we're diehard fans, but we're not just going to go blindly to everything and just say it's like the greatest thing ever, the best thing ever. Like we're going to have <laughs> some level of levity uh, on the program and, and call out the shit when it needs to. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why that's such a bad position these days where... You know, you can't have a little bit of criticism or skepticism or not anoint someone as, you know, as 
the best right out of the gate. I mean, there it's okay to like let some things like breathe and build over time. Are you eating now? Let it play out. No, I'm not eating. Yeah, LIPO. I mean, let it play out. I mean, everything doesn't have to be insta. Well, what do you, you got? Dishes? You doing the dishes? No. Okay. Well, sounds like you're doing the dishes, but you know, I know it's always important to multitask these days too. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's uh, let's go into football. All right, what do you want to talk about football-wise? Should we just get into questions? I mean, it is it is a late night at this point. So. Well, let, let's talk. Let's preview the defense for the spring. Okay. And so first, let's start with the defensive line. It looks like you know the big story here is Benning is moving to the line. He's now a defensive lineman. Yeah. And you know the guys we got here basically, we have Levi. Mm-hmm. And we have Tuli Latuli Gasanella. Nice job, Sam Taimani, T- Tacky for short. Yeah, and you know Josiah Branson is probably the is that number four or fifth guy. That'd be number. It's yeah, gonna so, be. It's so you gotta be the yeah. fifth guy. So those five are gonna be your D your D lineman. Whether you're playing two guys. Or three. Yeah. Well, I think the the Potawaii Potawaii used to be so good at that. Name all of a sudden, my God! Oh man. Anyway, I I think that uh, I think that makes sense for 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 him to to make that change. I mean, we talked a lot about him having that ability to set the edge. But he didn't have the explosiveness that I think, obviously, the defensive staff wanted out of that position. And, you know, I think one thing he can probably do is, is put on weight in the offseason uh, to, to play that position inside. So I, I think it's going to be a good fit for him. I think it makes sense. I yeah, like I mean, run defense is... Very important. Our run defense, looking at the stats in 2018, was not as good as in 2017. It was a f- worse by more than a little bit. Well, I think one thing that they're going to benefit from, even though you know they may not be the most experienced, is that they're going to have they're probably going to have a better rotation, in the sense where they're going to be able to spread snaps amongst the guys. So that they can stay a little more fresh amongst uh, those five guys, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I think I think the rotation is going to be could, could be better. I don't know that it will be right out of the gate necessarily, but I think as the season wears on, uh, that rotation will 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 be will be better than last year. Yeah, I like where you're going with that. And also the French the freshman the true freshman class, I should say, of defensive yeah. linemen, that right. was an amazing haul. And hopefully one you know, maybe one or two of those guys just turns out to be so good right off the bat that we have to play them. Uh, I that would be that would be I think that best case scenario that would that's what I could hope for. Is that one of those guys, maybe two of those guys materialize into meaningful minutes 
and and maybe it's a scenario where they can play four games and and still redshirt, right? You know, like be be strategic in the when those guys play. If it makes sense to play them early, especially against Cal, um, where you, you know you've got to win that game. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I think there's a good chance that it'll it'll be a better rotation. Yeah, and then you have Mosiah Lou, who's a redshirt freshman. He wasn't that highly recruited in the last class, but I mean, he's another guy who. I think we've seen some videos of him, at least last year, training and working really hard. So you never know. I mean, maybe he's a guy who can give you a little depth there as well. Is your boy Miles Rice still on the roster? Yeah, he is. I mean, he's a buck, but... um, Yeah, I mean, he's still going to... He could still line up. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's a good transition to buck. Well, I think I, I. I mean, I. It's probably pretty safe to say that Tryon is locked up that role, and then you got Nagata, who you know obviously showed flashes, though seemed to have kind of tapered off. Um, well, but I think, he, he, uh, Nagata could be the Sam instead of the Buck. Well, but they could put him. They could still put him on the edge. Yeah, I mean, you you could you could have both of them playing at the same time. Yeah, you could have you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think those are going to be your your edge edge pressure guys, right? Yes. Is that fair? Am yeah. I... No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think, um, I think obviously Tryon is, is the most intriguing from what we saw. Um, as the season closed out last year, that that Tryon definitely—I I think we have the most hope for him to really solidify that that buck position. You know, very athletic, can can ask can you know can ask to be do do a number of things, and obviously get to the quarterback. But granted, we've talked about it too, that. Their defense necess- doesn't necessarily like predicated on on QB pressure either. Where they're you know they're, it's not like they're they're looking to get the quarterback you know every snap. But I think they're going to give them an element where the the offense is going to have to be conscious of of him off the edge, depending on where he's lining up. So I think that they're going to. Their defensive look, what they haven't had, they haven't had that concern. You know, opposing offenses haven't necessarily had concern about a guy getting to the quarterback like I think they will with Tryon. Yeah, he definitely made a big difference in the Wazoo game. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that element in itself will, will help them scheme and then also, you know, have have some more athletically intriguing guys to make plays. Yeah, uh, sorry. No, that's it. And then uh, another redshirt freshman who could fill in there, Zion, hyphenated last name. Oh, yeah. ZTF for short. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we might get some glimpse of of that. Did he he play? I think he played a little bit during during the Rose Bowl. Very little. Very little? I believe. Yeah. 
I, you know, I think, you know, I, I mean, again, what I say, you know, spring ball doesn't tell you anything, but at least we can have the eye test, see how they move, see if they stand out somewhat. So maybe we'll have a little bit more information to work from come spring ball. Right. Uh, and then Bowman will be in there. Yeah. Ryan well, Bowman, who, who can, yeah. who could pass rush. Well, he didn't have quite the year you had the year prior. Yeah. Right? Well, that's because the year prior, he was he had Vita Vea and Gaines next to him. When yeah. He'd be rushing and, the passer. And, and, the, and they didn't have any film on the guy. And right, yeah. He was new, right? That obviously, he wasn't going to sneak up like he did the year before. Yeah, I wonder if Fetter still thinks he can leave early. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be curious to get his thoughts on that. I'd be very curious. What's what's your expectation for Joe Tryon this season? In 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 stats or stats or honors? I mean, do you think he should be at least honorable mention All Conference? Got a shot at. at, uh, I think he's got an outside shot at second team. All Pac-12. Uh, you know, another year in the scheme, off-season natty workout. I, I'm imagining he's probably. I mean, wasn't he a? Isn't he a? You know, a gym junkie. I mean, clearly coming out of high school, from a physical aspect, he, he had been putting in the work. I mean, there's no reason to, to think that he's gonna. <laughs> He's just going to take it easy. Yeah, it's, it's for me. It's only a question of when. He's definitely going to be an, an all league player before he graduates. Before he leaves, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. So, uh, I, you know, again, another year in the program, off season natty, conditioning, weight room. I think all of those factors, you know, will will lead to a successful campaign for 2019. And and I think it should be expected of him. And I hope that, you know, there's a leadership role uh, that he can fill defensively as well. Uh, you know, like we've talked about, I, I think he's a guy who brings physicality uh, to the defense. So I, I hope his, his style of play kind of permeates through the rest of the defense. Um, and, and we have a little bit more of emotion and consistency. And not to put that all on his shoulders, but again, coming back to his style of play, I hope is something that is reflected in the entire defense. Yeah, I mean, he's just a beautiful-looking player, though, for that spot. I mean, that's exactly what you want a pass rusher to look like. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think he fits the mold, and, and you know, it's funny that he was a member. He was a Wazoo commit. And I, I'm sure he's probably happy he made made the tra- he made the switch to Washington. As are we. Yeah, as are we. That's right. All right, let's talk about linebackers. Um, well, we already we talked about Buck and Sam a little bit. So Mike and Will um, Wellington is going to be your Will. Yeah, I think, man, did you see his vertical jump? I mean, he is a big dude. He has definitely put in some work. He physically looks like he looks like a linebacker to me now. He has the size. 
I, I think anyone who pays attention to Husky football obviously is aware that health is going to be uh, a top concern for his season ahead. He, he is he has to stay healthy um, uh, for this team or for the linebacking core because uh, he. I mean, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say he has the most experience? I mean, he's a fifth-year senior, right? Yeah, he was he was playing a lot last year. No, he, he really... played played he played as a true freshman. Excuse me. Manu is a fifth year senior. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder how much bigger he's going to get because according to the roster, he's only 5'11", 216. Wellington? Yeah. Man, I mean, that clip I saw of him on his vertical leap, vertical jump test, I mean, he looked... He looked like he'd put on some size to me. Maybe it was just the angle or the camera or whatever. But, I mean, to me, he looked like he looked bigger than that. But have they, I don't know that they've updated the rosters. Have they updated the rosters? No, not updated yet. And not to say that it's reflective of what the actual true numbers are either. But Wellington is enough. If he stays healthy, he's a guy who probably has a shot at second team. I hope so, but, but he's the health is really yeah the health is really iffy, and he's got to be consistent. I mean to to get that mention. I mean he's gonna he's got to be. I I think show up every game. I think he will be because reading some things, uh, in in a couple of separate interviews, uh, BBK mentioned him, um, as far as players to look out for next year. BBK specifically mentioned him. And then Levi did an interview, and I'm just looking through my notes here, and he also said Wellington among several other players. So that that you know that plus the fact that he played you know a lot late last year, I think he had something like seven or eight tackles in the Rose Bowl. He had one tackle for loss. Um, he, yeah, I mean if he stays healthy, I think he has a, sh- a shot to get second team. But when he came out of high school and he watched his film, though, I. I always wanted him to play running back. His running back film was phenomenal. I mean, he thumped guys at the running back position. Grant, I mean that they needed him at linebacker. There, there wasn't, there wasn't really a role for him at running back in regards to just who was on the roster. And, but I mean, obviously, you can't turn the clock back now. But I think yeah, you know, Wellington's got to come up big. And they've got to have some of the red shirt guys, Sermon and Tafisi, yeah, really step up. I just don't know how you can count on Manu for minutes at linebacker. Yeah, you can't. Respectfully, respectfully speaking, I mean the Welly, your backups for Welly are probably going to be Tafisi and then Danny the Hammer. Yeah, yeah, and they're probably going to have. I mean, Calvert comes in, in the spring. Yeah, I think um, Calvert. Him, uh, he's probably going to be a Mike. You know, him and uh, Jackson Sermon. Who last year I felt that I think Jackson Sermon is one of the three or four most impressive guys, physically speaking. It's a lot to ask freshmen to step into that linebacker role. Yeah. A lot on at the linebacker position. So, I mean, I think from... And I, we've talked about it before... It, Linebacker is certainly the most concern defensively. 
especially if they sustain injury. Yeah, and be, I mean, Beavers might be done. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a chance that he might not even play. That's right. Yeah, and so at, at Mike, I mean, you're looking at Sermon and Calvert, plus, I think his name is Eduan or Edifuan Ulafosio. That, yeah. Um, that Special wa- teams uh, extraordinaire last year. You yeah. Give uh, I'm, I'm hearing a little birdie told me that Jimmy Lake really, really likes him. Well, they they need a guy like that to come out of the woodwork yeah, to cut to come out of nowhere. So hope yeah, ho- hopefully yeah, his. I'm... No, you're right. Hopefully his performance against Oregon State, forcing two fumbles and on kickoff. Um, yeah, I mean, if he's a guy who comes out of nowhere and gives you good minutes, I mean, that would be huge. You're you're right. They absolutely need it. Um. They need it at the linebacker spot. I would say at any position on the football team, it's linebacker. Offensively, defensively, they need a surprise guy out of the linebacker position. You know, last year we were lucky because BBK did not get hurt. And Beavers came back. While while he got hurt the first game, he came back for the stretch run. Yeah, Yeah, which was, was... Monumental from the linebacking core for sure. So yeah. I, I think, in a nutshell, there's concern, there's some optimism, but I would say overall, linebacker coming into this year is a little scary. Yeah, that's the mo- that's the scariest part of the defense. If we're Absolutely. if we're breaking them into threes, um, yeah. I mean, defensive backs. I mean, we're just loaded with talent there, even though we lost. Two amazing players. I mean, I think Taylor Rapp's not. You know, you can't replace him. But I think I think there's enough talent-wise, and I think the corner position is absolutely just fine. I think Keith Taylor is going to be phenomenal. I mean, Dom Hampton, Gordon. I mean, I mean, I just feel like at least if you, I don't even know how much time I have to spend on the DBs because I'm just I don't have really any concern at what, the DP position. What about safety though? Yeah, no, I am not saying like the I'm I'm sorry, the corner I, you know, I'm not that worried about. Yeah, the safety position's a little different. Like certainly there's you know, there's a drop off at at safety. I, and from the corner spot I feel really good, right? You feel good about what they're replacing. Yeah, I think and I mean, could they use Miles Bryant like they used Buddha and Taylor Rapp. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, Miles My- Bryant, he did make second team all all league, and he, he yeah. had a good game in the Rose Bowl. Like he he's been getting better. So yes, he's undersized, but if you think about it, Buddha was undersized too. Yeah, no, he's a good player. I don't, I don't I don't think there's I don't think you can take anything away from. Yeah, the problem in the problem with him was all the injuries the year before in 2017, and then you were, you know, he's not a guy who's going to cover someone a, a wide receiver, but he's good in the slot, and you know he's probably good as a rover. You know, he makes some good plays. Yeah, a he's a guy. He, he, you know, we saw it against Penn State. They picked on him. A, a team will could exploit him from a size perspective. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, 
so we'll see. I, I think, I mean, Lake loves him. I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna find ways to mask some of their deficiency with the loss of of rap. What about Molden? I mean, is Molden big enough to play one of the corner spots, or is I mean, he spot ten? You're good. I mean, it's not uncommon for corners to be at that size. I mean, he's he's got great speed. He's very athletic. Um, he's going to be a guy really hard to keep off the field. I mean, maybe he plays a safety position. I mean, that's just a guy. They're going to have a hard time keeping some of these guys off the field. I mean, they're so athletic. They're such good players. Yeah, I mean, Molden got uh, second team all ten, uh, all Pac-12 uh, for the special teams performer. Yeah, no, he's he's really good. And uh, your boy Kyler Gordon. I mean, where where is he going to play? Because he it looks like the most uh, athlete. He just looks like the most athletic guy on the team. Yeah, potentially. He, and I mean, I saw a picture. You know, I saw a picture of one of his arms on Twitter, and the dude was jacked and ripped. Yeah, I know he's. I mean, he's so good. I mean, he's probably been roiding in the off season. Minutes. Wait, say that again. I'm sorry. How are you going to give these guys minutes? They got some. They've got some decision. I mean, one of those guys should hopefully, you know, play safety. And uh, you know, I think Joiner would have been that guy, but obviously he's retired. Joiner's a loss. Is Julius Irvin a? Uh, I think we've said he's going yeah. to be safety. I mean, he's six one, one eighty three. Maybe he's bulked up a little bit. I mean, I don't know anything about Gilchrist. I mean, was he a junior going into the season as a junior? Yeah, I think so. And then McKinney, you know, had had played, you know, some good minutes, but it appeared he struggled in the Rose Bowl. Um, and, I mean, he claimed he had been practicing as if he was going to be the starter for a month because of Rapp's supposed injury. And Alex Cook is moving to safety as well. That's true. So, I was it some someone mentioned they thought that he was going to play. He should have played defense anyway. I don't know if Coker mentioned that or somebody. And we haven't even talked about Keith Taylor. Well, I mentioned him right out of the gate. I mean, Keith Taylor is going to play corner. I don't think. Was, I think he's a star. I think he's one of the starters. Yeah, so- I, I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be rap and ha- and or not. Excuse me, it's going to be. Yeah, I, w- I wish it was going to be rap. Yeah, it's going to be Kyler and Dom. I think fighting for that other other corner spot. There's there's no doubt in my mind that Keith Taylor um, is a starter at one of the corner spots. Absolutely. Yeah. So looking at. As far as all-league potential, I would say Levi and Keith Taylor, you can almost pencil them in. Yeah. And, you know, Miles Bryant, he last year, I think he was second team. The year before, he was honorable mention. So, you know, maybe he could do that again. Uh, Wellington, if he's healthy, has a shot. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's enough talent on this defense for it to, you know, not take a major step back. 
Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen him take a step back yet, right? I mean, it's always been talked about all the guys are losing and they <laughs> the defense just always seem to get better. So, yeah. I, I mean, the staff is rock solid. Uh, I... I just think depth, obviously, at linebacker is going to be it's going to be the crux, and then the youth on the D line. Yeah, you're going to need you're going to need a young guy step up in the front seven, like in a major way. Probably a linebacker. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll have to put on you know get our binoculars out for the spring game. <laughs> really and really dive in and, and watch these guys and then you know we can make our predictions after we get you know we get the eye test going yeah and I think I think Tryon and Nagata are so important because even if we play the same style I mean remember in 2016 and we started out and we just would have four guys and we never we never even had to blitz anybody well you want to know it's more important Yes, I do. It's me getting my rest and my sleep, so I think we should get to questions. I, I got them pulled up. I was just about to go to that, my friend. Fantastic. Are you ready to knock them out? Yeah, let's just let's hammer these away, right, man. Right. I, 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 I peeked at a couple. I don't know that I saw all of them, but I hope I have some good answers. Right. Take your, yeah, take your extends pills so we can get through this. All right. You got it. <laughs> Done. Okay, what do you like most about Coach Hopkins? In football, what is a realistic goal for 2019? What do you like most about Hopkins, Jimmy? Uh, I like I like how he gets he gets pretty juiced on the sideline. I seem to get pretty pissed. Uh, I mean, I guess Romar did the same thing. Like he had the jacket throw. <laughs> I always appreciated that of Romar. I loved when he th- when he threw the jacket. He knew he was really really angry. Uh, I, I do. I think Hopkins has some good anger on the sidelines, which I've always enjoyed out of a basketball coach. Uh, like, I didn't necessarily really like Bobby Knight, but I loved his meltdowns. I'm certainly not comparing Hopkins to Bobby Knight, uh, but maybe someday we'll get a chair thrown across the court. You never know. But I, I do appreciate his his courtside fire. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, I said it earlier. I, I like how he relates to people. He does a damn good job of that, and he's he's genuine. You know, when yeah, he's genuine. That's one word that yeah. comes. To he's mind. genuine and sincere, and I would say it's recruiting. I mean, if we get McDaniel's, that's an amazing class. I, I mean, I th- that's just amazing if that happens. Well, look how look how relevant Husky basketball is now because we're actually we've actually spent probably more minutes on on Hopkins basketball than we ever did discussing Romar. I mean, my only insight on Romar was is he, is he <laughs> you should have yeah, you should have mentioned that. Yeah. I was waiting for that. Uh, yeah. I don't know how it took this long to get there. And by the by the way, Jimmy, the UW baseball team is 5 and 1 in league play. Uh, so I wonder if any school has won basketball, football and baseball in the same year. Yeah, man, you gotta get your you gotta get your research on. That'd be good. Maybe you can get maybe you can get a superiority guy on it. Yeah. Okay. So, last part of the question in football: What's a realistic goal for 2019? I would say, you know, 
I would say a New Year's Six Bowl. You know, either win the conference or make I a think New they Year's should, Six Bowl. I think they should. They're expected to win the conference. In my mind, I, I expect them to win the conference. I, I think they have the, ske- the home schedule to do it. They apparently have the big-armed quarterback to, to get the offense uh, in the right direction where we haven't been able to see it necessarily. Uh, under Browning, except for 16, of course. Uh, so, like I said, they, they apparently, they appear to have a kicker. They appear to have, you know, the makings of a good defense. They appear to have good weapons offensively. And I think they're the most complete team in the conference. So, in my mind is winning the Pac-12 conference is, is my expectation for this team. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the schedule... Get the best coaching staff. Yeah, I, I think the schedule, I just think the... Look, the toughest games are at the beginning of the season, so we kind of got dicked on that, Yeah, in my opinion. And, well, um, I mean, they're... After the first couple games, I mean, Cal, I mean, that's not... Yeah, that's not going to be a great know, game. That's, but that's a think, potentially a dangerous game. But I think they're good. there's going to be some revenge factor there, and that... <laughs> It's, it does matter in college football. I mean, you do see it play out. I think there, there's the mot- there's going to be a revenge factor in that time. I, I definitely give the edge to Washington. And I think you know we play. We have we don't have the greatest line. We don't have the greatest stretch uh, with a couple road yeah, games. It's, that, look, it's not favorable. I mean, yeah, but they have their they have their toughest games at home. This stretch at BYU-USC at home, at Stanford, at Arizona versus Oregon versus Utah, although after Oregon we get a bye, but yeah, the the first USC, the stretch I'm worried about is at BYU versus USC at Stanford at Arizona. That's that's not ideal. I mean... I mean, BYU, I know we killed them last year, but, you know, they're a dirty team. (laughs) You know, playing at BYU is a lot different um, you know, USC is USC, and you know Stanford with their grass field. You know, we haven't won there Shit, in a uh, long time. I mean, Ari- Arizona is a, is I'm a not good going team at home. I'm not going. I'm not going down to that crap. Uh, so yeah, that that stretch worries me. But you know, look, if we get through that, if we beat Stanford and we get through that stretch with only one loss, then we're going to be in the Pac-12 championship game. <sighs> So, I don't have to think about losing any of those teams, man. I'm, I'm just trying to be a little realistic. Fair enough, but I'm still putting the expectation. Who's the better team in, in the Pac-12 than Washington? Stanford? Nobody. Nobody. Okay, let, can I get a next question? Next question. How important on a scale of 1 to 10 is Brandon Wellington staying healthy so we can play 90% of snaps in conference play like Tevis and BBK did? Yeah, no, I think we covered the basis on that. It, it, it's crucial. It's crucial, but if you get a freshman, a redshirt freshman, or a true freshman who really steps up, you know, hopefully our recruiting is at that point where you can have a guy in his first or second year who turns out to be, you know, good enough to play and make an impact right away. Well, I hopefully mean, that's Sermon then. Yeah. Um, we're, we're not asking like that many people to do it. We just need somebody at linebacker. Yeah. Is spring, is spring practice worth attending? Yes. Yes. Okay. 
if Sam Buard was going to it was going to be going to college in the fall, how many Power Five schools could he start at? Oh, wait, oh. He, he still has two years left, right? Uh, he's got junior and senior year, yeah. Oh, I, oh, this fall, like if he was going into his junior year of high school, but it was college. Yes. Man, I think he could probably play at a lot of schools already, man. You think he, as a 16-year-old he could do that? He could be the starter? I don't know. My answer would be like 0 to 5. I mean, in comparison to like what we've seen out there, like who was that guy that played at Iowa State against the Cougs? That guy was a true freshman. Yeah, but a true freshman is 18 versus Sam only being 16. Well, did Palma, some of those guys are like 17. Palma was six, Palma's 16. I mean, he'd have to be on like a really good team where he had a lot of protection. But man, have you seen a guy's, I mean, have you seen that guy's accuracy and arm? <laughs> yeah. it's. Uh, I, I'm looking, for, I, I want to go to some Kennedy games so I can see him in Smalls. I mean, he looks. I mean, he looks really good, and he clearly understands the game. Um, I I think he could play. I think he could play. I, I just think we're underestimating. Oh, a, I, a six, this Jimmy, it's a sixteen-year-old going up against eighteen yeah, no, to eighteen I, to twenty-two-year-olds. I guess I kind of misunderstood the question at the start. I I meant like, what did you, if he came in like this year? Not really thinking through that. Yeah, he's. 16. Okay. I, I, he could probably, he could, I don't know that he could start. He could probably play at a few schools, though. He had a really good offensive line. A zero to five would be my answer. Yeah, fair enough. I, yeah, I think. Next question. I like this one. Best candidate for the Taniella Tupo. Why is he still on the team? Wait, he suddenly became quite good award. Oh, is that Duke Stone on that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, good question. I'll let you. I'll let you dive into that one first. Well, you... I, I was I was hoping you would dive into it. <laughs> since we're all right, since we're talking about defense today, um, it ain't. Gonna I don't be... know. It ain't going to be who? Manu. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Gilchrist. Yeah, I like Gilchrist. I I mean, shit, he was a four star out of Bellevue, right? Or I would say, yeah, I mean, or Josiah Bronson. I don't think it. I don't think it's. I think out of those two, I mean, I think there's some question whether Gilchrist should still be on the team. Yeah, there's not a lot of experienced guys on defense. Yeah. Yeah. On on offense, I mean, I think um, that may be a lineman on offense. I mean, we, Jared Hilbers last year. Yeah, he's already proven he's good. He's good. I mean, what about... I mean, there's not a lot of seniors on the team. We saw flashes of Wattenberg. I just, I didn't have, I yeah. didn't, I didn't like his game much last year, but he did have some really good blocks in some of the games. He, has, he actually had some pancake blocks against the Cougs. I mean, maybe he could really up it. Maybe Henry Roberts. Yeah, that that's good. Good answer. You know, maybe I really hope it's Gilchrist though. That would be huge. That's a good question. I don't. I don't know that I have a guy necessarily that we could. Or maybe uh, what's his what's his face on the D line? Um, 
Scrampos. No. Someone tw- tweeted out Scrampos. No. That's <laughs> not. I, I really hope it's Kyler Manu, actually. Dude. I know, I know that it's highly unlikely, but just because it's that linebacker. Yeah, I'm sorry. Scrampos and Manu just aren't going to be those guys. I mean, no disrespect whatsoever, but I'm sorry. Not, not happening. Has anyone told Jimmy he sounds like Harland Williams? Uh, no, I've never heard that before, but you know, I'll take it as a compliment. Could you tell me who Harland Williams is? He's an actor. What show is he on? Was he in Trailer Park Boys? That's a great show. <laughs> Was he in that show? I don't know. I don't know, but he's. Well, I'll look at the. I'll look at the Wikipedia later. Yeah. I don't think he was in Trailer Park Boys, but he's been in some other stuff. Okay, next question. Does Josh yeah. Does Josh Calvert start as a freshman? I say yes. Start? Yeah, that, that's what the tweet was. You think Calvert's going to start? That's what the guy said. Does Josh Calvert start as a freshman? Oh, oh, sorry, no. I thought you answered the question. No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't see that happening. I mean, if we're looking at Mike and looking at the guys who are probably there, I mean, it could it's, it could be him. I mean, if Beavers is hurt, Ulafosio is not quite. He's not going to start. But I'm just saying, it's not that. Like, if you're picking a true freshman to start, that could probably be the position. Yeah, I because just, it, it I, could it I, could be. I mean, if it's not Sermon, if it's not Jackson think- Sermon. But do you think he will play quite a bit? I don't know, man. I I don't know. I don't know. Okay, let's just move on. Is is betting to D line a celebration of Tryon and others at outside linebacker slash defensive end or an indictment of our defensive line depth? Uh, I think it has to do with with uh, Tryon and and not. I think Tryon. I, I just think they've. I think there's better players at that position, and I think they just, with his experience and his ability, uh, in the interior, I think it just makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it has to do with, also with Benning and his skill set. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah. I, I think it's more. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a little bit more about having guys at. Buck, an outside linebacker, than it is. Oh, we really need him. Uh, you know, at defensive line. Yeah. No, I agree. Yep. Uh, next question: How do you and, feel? And Harland, Harland, you know, is probably most favorite for famous role was half baked. That's what he was in. Harland. Was in half baked. Half baked. He's great in that role. How do you feel about Benning moving to D line, and is it a sign that the step? Wait, yeah, that's the same said, question. That, that's a different. I already uh, answered that one. Yeah, I'm just gonna read it just so it gets heard. How do you feel about Benning moving to D line? Is it a sign that the staff feel good about trying and Nagata's progress as three yes. down players? Yes. Uh, well, and another question: Benning playing inside, promising or 
cause for concern for a young defense. I think it's pro- I think it's promising. I think it's going to be a good fit. We actually talked about him playing inside yeah. uh, prior to this year. I mean, this is already a discussion that we've had. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I think one thing that he can do is put on weight. I think he's got the frame to do it. Um, and he just didn't have quite quite the explosiveness off the edge. But I think his skill set fits well for the interior. So I, I, I like the move. And they still could use him on the edge. Sure. Yeah, he's versatile. They're, they're going to be able to, to move him around. But I think he's going to play majority inside. One last question. I forgot to read this earlier, but it's fitting to be the last question. Okay. Is it more likely that UW wins a national title next in football or basketball? Uh, I, I did like that question. I, I still... I think it's going to be. I think it'd be football. Yeah, I would say. I would yeah, I would say football. Just because I think if you look at our recruiting, you look at the momentum we have, you look at the players coming in. It, it seems that we've seen a turn as far as local guys. The turn with Smalls, you know, he could really help us in the next two recruiting classes, get nationally elite classes. And basketball, I mean, at bat with the with the NCAA tournament, I mean, that's you know, the best team doesn't always win. Yeah, I mean, that's to get through the gauntlet of the tournament. That's such a different deal. But I, I'm glad that we can. I'm glad that we can ask that question. I me too. Who knows? It could be a golden age for UW sports. Well, it'd be great to be alive for that, man. I'll take that any day of the week. And I, I did say that I was going to read the, the Bill Walton tweets as if Bill Walton was calling a football game. I'll say that for the next pod. Yeah, please. So kind of... We've got to go. But I, I do like that. What is Jake Browning doing? <laughs> that... <laughs> Yeah, well, Jake you know, Brown, Jake Browning backpedaling. That is one of the six worst plays I've ever seen in the history of University of Washington football. <laughs> hey man, you're getting it down. I think with the time to the next pod, like you're gonna have you're gonna have it down just just perfect. So I imagine the next pod will be uh, will be post spring ball action that we can break down and. Oh, the next the next plot has got to be next week, brother. We got to talk about the offense. Oh man, really? Next yeah. week? Okay, we'll have to talk about. We'll have to negotiate <laughs> that one. I I will will throw out lastly that Hayner has said that he is not conceding to anything and to anyone at the quarterback position. Oh, that's a, a good. That'll be a good preview of our. Uh... Yeah, our offensive Good breakdown. Preview of our next breakdown. Yeah, well, I, I, I do appreciate the kid's fire, and he's certainly not going to just roll over to Eason, which I think that regardless of what anyone has to say about Hayner and his abilities, I think that's good for the program. Anytime you can build competition and guys aren't conceding, that, that can only make other guys better. 
Hell yeah. I uh, hope he makes Eason, Eason a lot better. Yeah, I hope he pushes him, man. I certainly hope Eason's not going into this year just assuming he's the guy. Unless it's so blatantly obvious. Yeah, rem- remember what uh, Jake Browning said. You don't just get handed things around here. I guess yeah. unless you're Jake Browning, though. Yeah, unless you're Jake, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's all good. We love you, Jake. And we know we got to dive into Larry Scott. And I'll leave it at this. I mean, we there needs to be, I, I, I'm serious, a, a serious viral spreading of all of all teams in the conference of people, you know, the 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 BSDs not giving money, man. Like that's how you change this narrative quickly. Is where people start pulling the checks. That will make presidents act very quickly. When you said BSDs, it really piqued my interest. Big swinging dicks, buddy. Yes, exactly. Those are the guys that have to withhold the money to make this happen. Yes, they have to get in there and beat Larry Scott over the head with their big swinging dicks. <laughs> yeah, all, I mean, all at the same time. Seriously, like, no, if you had your big, your guys that are you expect big money out of, and they start saying, you know what? I'd be happy to write that check for you, Jen. So as long as Larry Scott is fired, uh, you're going to see people <laughs> scurrying and actually trying to get something done. With as it goes, money talks, and when you start withholding big money that these schools count on, uh, you know they'll start getting out of getting their seat out, you know their ass out of their seat. And because I mean, this Larry Scott debacle has got to end, and I, you know, we'll address it on the next pod. But this guy's got to go. Yeah, he is a turd. He, he, dude, he's going out and trying to like sell equity into the conference. That's just asinine. I mean, what are you doing? Staying at eight thousand dollars suites in Vegas. I mean, this guy is an embarrassment. It's got to with, with a personal butler. Yeah, I mean, this guy is a joke. So somehow we got to get this trending with other programs that it's time to start pulling the donations. Fire Larry Scott. Yep. On that note, brother, any last words? Because uh, it's getting a little yeah. late. Yeah, hey, look. It's, yeah. it's time to go. Yeah, I know. You're, I know we're a little bit past your bedtime. Oh yeah, we're way we're way past. I'm screwed. Yeah, it's over. For me, my day is over tomorrow. All right, brother. Great work. We'll see you next time, we'll everybody. Do, we'll Thanks do this again. Do the, we'll do this again next week. All right, Rody. Hope your life's good out there, buddy. We miss you. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. R- Rody is welcome back anytime. Miss that guy. Yeah. All right. Go, All right. Dogs. Go, dogs.